and welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. In today's podcast, we look at investing sustainably. What does that mean in practical terms? And as well as doing good for the planet, is it a smart financial bet? Can investors really make money from so-called responsible investments? Brush up on the sustainable acronyms and understand the economic research on the subject. My guest today is Edna Shing, Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Thank you very much for joining me to unpack for our listeners this growing investment trend across the industry. You recently published a pertinent paper on the topic, which I read with interest. In it, you state that since 2018, environmental, social and governments, or ESG, socially responsible investing or SRI and low carbon indices have all beaten the MSCI World Index. So this positive link between ESG and financial performance is backed by academic research. So what can you tell me about this? As you stated, Charlotte, first of all, that over the last five odd years, there is no evidence that investing sustainably, either using this uh, ESG, i.e. environmental, social and governance framework, or SRI, socially responsible investing, or investing via low carbon, there is no evidence that any of these approaches has underperformed the classic non-ESG MSCI World Index. In fact, they've all marginally outperformed on average over the last five years. So that's a good point. The most important thing, therefore, is that over the last five years, you have been able to invest sustainably without sacrificing investment performance. That's the most important thing to bear in mind. Now, there are, of course, periods when you may underperform temporarily the MSCI World Index by using these sustainable approaches. For instance, if we were to take the first nine months of 2022, when stock markets in general eased lower, you found that each of these sustainable indices actually underperformed slightly the fall in equity markets. And why was that? Well, principally because the only sector to outperform to have gone up over the first nine months of 2022 was the oil and gas sector. And guess what? The oil and gas sector is not heavily represented in any of the sustainable approaches, ESG, SRI, or of course, low carbon. Each of these three are typically underweighted in oil and gas because of the nature of oil and gas extraction not being particularly good for the planet. And of course, as a result, when that's the only sector that outperforms, you will underperform if you're underexposed to it. That's exactly what happened. But since October last year, when the stock market has recovered, in fact, the sustainable indices, ESG, SRI and low carbon have actually all outperformed the MSCI world once again. So that's been true for the last year or so. So overall, I would say you're not sacrificing performance when you invest using a sustainable benchmark. That's the sort of key bottom line. In your paper, you say that thematic sustainable indices have also outperformed, but at higher volatility. So what are the main sustainable themes and can you explain their outperformance? So what you can look at, you can look at a number of more focused thematic sustainable ideas and ways to invest. That would be, for instance, focusing specifically on energy transition, the, the electrification of the economy, or energy efficiency. How do we use less energy? Clean water would be another one, because there is an insufficiency of provision of clean water, particularly in the developing world. And of course, the circular economy, the idea of being able to recycle, repair, replace more, and therefore to use less new virgin materials. All of these are different approaches and specific thematic approaches 
to sustainable investing, but are much more focused. And because they're more focused, they tend to be more represented by growth companies, which means higher returns potentially, but at higher risk. So one has to accept that when you're investing these specific thematic approaches, this is not as going to be as diversified or as broad-based as a classic ESG, SRI, or low-carbon benchmark, which is designed to have exposure to all segments of the economy to some degree, but with a sustainable approach. Rather, you're very much focusing on energy efficiency or clean water. These are very specific themes. Now, the good news is that in each case, certainly out of the sustainable themes that I've mentioned just here, each of them has outperformed the broad MSCI World Index over the last five years since 2018, but at higher volatility. So if we were to take one, for instance, energy efficiency, this has actually generated 25% compound annual growth in performance over the last five years. So very strong performance, much better than the 11% registered by the MSCI World per year over the same period but the volatility is much higher. So either it goes up a lot more or it goes down a lot more than the MSCI world. And that, in a sense, is a cost to the investor. You have to be able to absorb this extra volatility if you're going to use these investing approaches. Otherwise, you are better off sticking to the broader ESG, SRI or low carbon benchmarks and not investing via these specific thematics. Edmund, is outperformance really due to better sustainability scores? Well. First of all, Charlotte, we have to question whether this outperformance is going to be sustained in the, into the future. It's true over the last five years, but as we know, past performance doesn't guarantee future performance by any means. So it may not be the case that these benchmarks continue to outperform. But as I said, the most important thing so far is that you have not underperformed by investing sustainably. I wouldn't necessarily claim that we will continue to outperform by following a sustainable benchmark. I would say probably you're more likely to perform more in line with the classic MSCI world, but there's no reason to expect underperformance. Now, why there might be outperformance, why there has been outperformance in the past and why, why there might be outperformance in the future, I think we can put down to one factor, which is that there is a significant overlap between the, the sustainable approaches when you in, in pro, use ESG scores, for instance, and exclusion to build these sustainable indices such as SRI, ESG or low carbon. There is a significant overlap between these methodologies in sustainability and what we call the quality factor. So in general, what we are doing when we tend to favour companies with higher ESG scores is you tend to be favouring companies with slightly higher quality, i.e. better profitability, lower debt. And we know that this is a factor that outperforms over time. So in fact, any outperformance that we see may simply be due to a slight overweighting of this quality factor indirectly, as opposed to anything that's directly related to the sustainability factors themselves. Now, let's look at what qualifies an index as sustainable. There are two basic methods by which a sustainable index is built. What are they? And how does the index differ from a non-sustainable benchmark index like the MSCI world? So if we look at the indices and indeed the funds that follow a sustainable approach, either an ESG, environmental, social and governance factor approach, or socially responsible investing approach, what you tend to find is the two approaches used are firstly exclusion and secondly, what we call ESG score filtering. So let's start with exclusion. Exclusion is very simple. You basically categorize companies as companies that are more or less sustainable or not. And the ones that are not, you exclude. 
For instance, you might exclude companies with controversial business practices from an ESG approach. That might be tobacco companies, for instance, or companies that sell controversial weapons or coal companies, for instance. They might just be excluded. You cannot invest in them under these sustainable methodologies, full stop. And so what you find is you shrink the universe of companies quite significantly through exclusion, first of all, by just saying these companies we cannot include at all at any weighting. Then when you take the companies that are left, you can apply ESG scores. So you can score each company according to how good they are on a number of criteria on these environmental, social and governance criteria. How how are they good? What are they doing to help the environment? What are they doing, for instance, in terms of recycling water, recycling energy or energy conservation? What are they doing to look after their workforces? Yeah, there are a whole set of ESG criteria on which these companies can be scored. And the companies which have the resulting higher scores, the higher ESG scores, when you combine all of these factors together, will tend to have a higher weighting. So this is more biasing than the construction of the index or fund according to how high the scores are for each company. So that's the ESG filtering. And it's a combination of exclusion plus ESG score filtering that leads to the construction Uh, underlies the construction of the ESG, SRI and low carbon indices and funds that we use. A word of conclusion, Edmund? So what I would say is that firstly, I think you can invest sustainably without sacrificing performance. That's the first key point. Secondly, for most investors, unless they're willing to do a lot of analysis and thinking on their own, it's probably better to stick to investing via a broad SRI or ESG benchmarked fund or ETF because you'll keep that broad diversified exposure, which will differ in country and sector weightings from the classic, let's say, MSCI Europe or MSCI world indices, but won't differ too radically. And only for those clients who understand and are willing to take the extra risk, should they then think about also maybe investing in specific sustainable themes such as clean energy, energy efficiency, the circular economy or clean water. I do think there are good reasons for investing in these, but when they should not be the core of a portfolio. There maybe should be additions at the margin to get some more maybe impact investing. So you have greater impact with your investing through these more detailed thematic approaches. But again, the risk is higher and therefore this cannot be the core of a portfolio, I would say. But overall, over the last five years, whether you invest in a diversified ESG or SRI portfolio or in these more specific impact thematics, you have generated good performance. And I don't see why that should change going into the future. I think it's still a good idea as long as you're well informed and understand the risks going in. Edmund Shing, thank you very much for your insights into this topic today. And to our audience listening to this podcast, please like, share and subscribe to our weekly podcast addressing other investment topics. You can find our podcasts on any provider, including Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict and Spotify by searching for BNP Paribas Wealth Management. And to access all of our investment strategy research and audio content, please visit our website, wealthmanagement.bnpparibas. See you soon. Goodbye.